top secrets. And you just found the Land of Confusion show. Broadcasting live from deep within his underground bunker, somewhere in America's heartland, is Mike Rhodes. The Land of Confusion show will discuss everything from alien abductions and government conspiracies to doomsday prepping for the zombie apocalypse. So without any further ado, here's your host of the Land of Confusion show, Mike Rhodes. Hey there, I am Mike Rhodes and welcome to the very first episode of the Land of Confusion show and I am joined with my co-host, Danny, Danny Danella. Danella. How are you? Danny, I want to say thank you for joining me and being my co-host on Land of Confusion show. We discussed on what should we talk about for the very first episode and we both agreed on let's interview each other. So did you bring some questions with Yes, I reviewed quite a few in my head. Oh, you got them in the I Oh, sh- yeah, I, I typed walk- a, I typed a bunch up. Okay, let's I well, did I did some homework. Okay, so being that you were the guest in the studio and the very first person to be on microphone with me and you are my co-host, I would like you to start with the first question cuz I I already interviewed you yes, at you the coffee house. So yes, you, you get to ask the first question. Okay, here we go. What is a very deep feeling that you had? What created that? The most recent one. Wow. The most the deepest feeling that I have that you experienced. That you know? I experienced. Like like currently or ever? Definitely currently. Well, I only ask because I feel like it's easier to see, to really feel our own feelings, be aware of them when they are stronger. Okay, okay. I would say if it's for this moment, the feeling I'm feeling is gratitude. Why not? That's what I'm feeling because I'm very grateful that you're here. You also said you were very stressed. I am very moment. stressed, but I'm more grateful than I'm stressed. Really? I mean, That's I'm awesome. stressed all the time. Oh, I'm stressed. No. Like, See, we should talk. About I'm like twenty four seven stressed. No, I mean, no. I'm come on. You know, I have a a, a spinal injury, so yes. I got stressed from yes. that. You know, my marital status, which we'll, we'll talk about at a later time, because that's kind of how we kind of met. Financial. Uh, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, I'm just stressed of life. You know, but I would say my my gratitude, my happiness, my gratitude over rides that right now because i mean look at us look what we're doing we're creating something right now you set up the most amazing room and i can't tell you enough how this is all new and yet it is super cool just this, to hear myself this is my, a new experience my, for yeah, you yeah. isn't it this is way new have like you that. ever done anything like this before no way jose i did <laughs> i was uh i was uh I, did, I was in a play once so i was on stage at one time and it was fun but i was very nervous just trying to know who i am and i played a hooker <laughs> what was the play it was oh the requiem of a heavyweight or something like that really i never is it a popular is it a famous play it was was a semi-famous play it was just about a boxer oh my gosh i completely forgot (laughs) oh my god i think it's 2015 wow yeah it was was four years ago it was a good experience and it was so awkward trying to find what to wear for a hooker i wasn't like hooking in the play but i played a hooker did you have any lines yeah few lines well, that's like, pretty you know, cool Mish, i don't know how you etc <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, all right it. well that's pretty interesting but yes i feel i feel gratitude i feel oh, that's, that's the feeling i'm having Me too i feel gratitude well that kind of plays off of one of my questions perfect what is the biggest lesson life has taught you 
So I have to talk about different phases of the li- of my life. Sure. How I see it. It's so interesting because I, who I was in the past, I don't really, I, I see it as another person. And I honor that person. And I still have certain uh, connections to those people I, in the past that were considered me. But the biggest lesson, again, they come in phases. And they were all emotional. Because through my emotion, I was able to understand that, whoa, this is what I'm actually believing. Whether I realize it or not. That's why I feel these emotions, or that's why I feel so much confusion. Land of Confusion show, and that was really hard to navigate. Just being confused and not knowing what to look for. Nice plug there, by the way. Nice (laughs) plug. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and because I was so confused, and that created a lot of muddleness and how I saw things. And I just, I'm like, I don't. It doesn't feel good. So how do I not make it muddle? How do I gain more clarity? And it's just a lot of feeling. Uh, just so much darkness and not knowing exactly who I was and not knowing that I didn't know. Does that make sense? It was that dark. And I feel like a lot that's, of people it's, go it's, I don't that. say it's dark. I say it's deep. I'm telling you, it's full of depth. That's, that's really deep. Yeah, it's fun. Back in the day. Follow. Now I feel free. More now and more you feel free. free? Yes, because of everything I've been through. Follow-up question would be... Uh, What's the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? To honor everything you feel. Stop judging it. You know, realize that you are judging. Just relax. Like if you can actually relax and and actually realize that you are never going to get it done and you'll never get it wrong. Just relax. And until you relax, you get to feel which direction is right for you in any given moment. You're never going to get life done and you'll never get it wrong. Just relax. Wow. I like that answer. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I have found a unicorn, by the way. Really a unicorn, a rare catch. Very, very hard to find someone that says, don't be judgmental. Well, we live in a society where people are judgmental. And we talked about this when we first met. We do live in a society like that. And when you get past the judgment, I think that's a great piece of advice. Well, there's a little discernment there because we are humans and we have our five senses. We have eyes and ears and feeling and nose, and we're th- they're there to discern. They're there to judge. Okay, is this a flower or is this a banana, right? <laughs> and it's another thing to add a level of negativity to that and say, no, that is wrong. No, that's, criti- you know, you're criticizing in that kind of definition. So you're here. we are here to judge and yet to actually look in your external reality and say, no. You could say, no, that's not right for me and that's very fine, but to you say, you know what, you need to do it my way. That's a whole different ballgame. But know? wouldn't wouldn't society be better if we just had more acceptance? Well, that's what it's about. But most people don't really understand what that entails or how to get there or even want to question. Exactly. They fall on their their crutch, mm-hmm. the hindrance of judgment. They're desensitized. Yep. Next question. Go ahead and hit me up with a with a question. Okay. Let's talk about your marital status, shall we? Oh, God. Come on. The the best part of it and the worst part of it and what you want to do going forward. Oh, boy. The best part about being single, I guess uh, I have me time. I can do things that I would like to do. I guess that's the best part. The worst part of being single is the the loneliness, Mm. you know, the emptiness, the not having someone by your side, just the the little things in life, the the look that she would give me, the 
the fragrance of her shampoo, even if it's just VO5 extra body for 99 cents at the dollar store, <laughs> it's the cheapest shampoo. Just the little things, the the touch, the, the kiss, of course, intimacy and everything else. But I'm grateful for having me time to be able to be creative, to create the Atlantic Confusion show. But I also feel like there's just a giant hole in my heart and that needs to be filled and I'm I'm missing out. You know, I, I don't have kids. I wanted to be a father. You know, I wanted to be a husband. I want to be a provider. I want to be able to share my life. I want to be able to have a future. I want to grow old with somebody. Now I'm just growing old. I want to be able to love and be loved. That's what I would like. And where would I like to see my marital status go? I don't know. Don't want to be alone. Don't we all? Um, there's one. Th- I kind of took that phrase, marital status, because you mentioned it earlier. And it's like, wait a second. There's marital status. Being married is, again, the, the way we frame things, it has everything to do with our perception, what we believe, and hence our experience. So I don't know if marriage is necessarily the thing if we're talking about loneliness and companionship the hole in your heart you're talking about there's so many different ways to actually look at it oh i mean i have i have a loving family and i got great friends and i mean you're in my heart and i have a fullness but it's that companionship i mean yeah i mean I, sure. I i do i do miss it i mean i have not been in a serious relationship in about two or three presidencies <laughs> so think about the time on that Ooh, it's like All why right? why why what right? an, i don't want to I don't want to put a decade to it or multiple right. decades to it. It just makes me feel a hell of a lot older. No. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just think about the, the amount of time mm-hmm. that I've spent. I spent almost my entire adult life alone. You know, or not I, having I, that romantic. Not having the, the love in my life. I mean, yeah, I was engaged and I Ooh. poured my, my, my love out for her. Yeah. But then, you know, she did what she did and it it destroyed me as as a man. She cheated severely. That's a, that's a rough, that's rough. Severely. And it did, didn't stop with her. Her mother had a hand in stuff and her mother did things to destroy okay. things. Betrayal. I mean, it was complete betrayal. I'm sorry. And And it ruined me. It ruined me as a man. It ruined me for my career. It ruined me for everything. And I spent a lifetime in adulthood rebuilding. I think that is, there's so much gold there. The more you go into that and investigate that and be able to talk about that and that so many people are going through that, you know? Like having all all this pressure like wait a second i've been alone for so long and i really want to find someone how do i find someone what is it what is it in me that is preventing me because it's all there you know what i mean like how can we obtain it and of course i wish that for you i wish that for everyone to feel loved and to have a romantic partner and to have that companionship for sure i wish you the best i know i know i know it was bring out the kleenex and start wiping tears why not okay what is the most unusual fear you have i'm gonna have to go back in time because right now i don't oh ooh, ooh, ooh. okay so let's get deep (laughs) i'm gonna talk about it in an intellectual level probably a little bit superficially so i don't go deep in it and you're gonna be see me bawling and stuff right (laughs) no really so just it's okay i have the the paper towels right here just in case you do i i won't okay there you go i won't go there i swear i swear i won't go there um, no, but there is a part of me that does feel s- that inside it truly believes it's stupid to this day. And it was interesting because I I don't know what it was. I forgot. But there was a situation where I felt incredible negativity towards something. And I'm like, wait a second. This is not me. I'm not going to. Fe- I don't want. I know who I am. And I know I'm not a person to look at something and say that's negative. That blah, blah, blah. Blaming and fault. I think that's completely futile. 
and obsolete. So I had a, I did my natural line of questioning onto myself. I'm like, so what was it? What triggered me? Oh, it was this. Okay, but why was it that? Oh, I'm angry at myself. Oh, I'm angry at myself because, oh, I truly know that I'm stupid, you know? And it, it's funny, right? But it was so painful and I allow myself to sink into that feeling like, okay, Danielle, you can be stupid as long as you want, but I'll still be here for you. I'll still love you. And it took, you know, and I'm getting so much better at it that it didn't take hours, you know? It took like maybe five, 10 minutes and I let myself cry and then, you know, I did feel better. But yeah, so fear stems from showing people or scared that my external reality will show me that I am in fact stupid. And that whole inferiority that comes with that is just like, ugh, it's re- it's really heartbreaking. But to sit here and to hear you talk at such an intellectual level in such an eloquent and established and diverse vocabulary. It doesn't matter. It, you believe you what are you believe. not stupid in I, any I, way. I see that intellectually. I see that the way people respond to me, right? And I allow that. I allow those feelings to wrap around me and to soothe me and to show as evidence. I hey, you're not. But at times, that insecurity does come up, and I I stay with it. And it's and I don't want to disinvalidate it and push it and suppress it and continue some kind of addiction because I do that. It, you know, it's very popular to do that so but, it's yeah. a, it's a fear of within yourself so you're to not show af- that you're I'm not stupid. afraid of anything like clowns or oh <laughs> maybe velociraptors uh, raptors you know or you see if i am afraid it won't it would just be like more of an uh on a biological level like if i see a tiger behind me i'll be like whoa i had that spark of <laughs> adrenaline fight or flight i bet you saw that video did you see the video of a tiger uh yeah it was in uh dublin ireland i think it was and they had a mm. They put their young six-year-old boy in front of the, the glass display of a tiger, and the boy turns around and sees the tiger like like 50 feet behind him in the habitat, and then all of a sudden the tiger hits the glass, and the boy just jumps. I think it was a lion. No, it was, it was a tiger. It was, oh, like, it was a a, tiger? Uh, like a Bengal. It was a, one of those orange okay. and black. Like a, like a Tony they Tiger. They have a yeah. lot of those videos, and I have yeah. seen those videos, but I didn't think of yeah, it, but that's it, a great it just, example. It just it started circulating in the last week on social okay. media. So tigers would scare you if it were behind you. No, anything. Like, are you joking? If you had a tiger in this room, or a, or a gorilla. But I do. I got a, a tiger right behind you. Oh, that's a beautiful <laughs> you painting. Yeah, very first piece of artwork I ever bought. Oh, I thought you did yeah. it. I thought you said very piece first piece of artwork if i could I paint something that great oh my goodness you would be surprised <laughs> i know i have this friend who is a fun she he could do that he could do more really? than he could he, he's like yeah but i'm i'm scared of i don't know maybe failure i'm like dude it try to not be scared and just do it for fun and just see what happens because i don't know about profiting off of it but just to do it and i guess he's scared of his own potential but that we like all that. have our fears we yeah, all have right? a fear yeah, yeah, yeah. of something within us or maybe something that we can't control in the world like like crime um clowns that's a projection you know exactly, we sure. we have we we can't really escape a fear because it's just part of what makes us who we are it helps define us it helps us grow it makes us humans there's not one human being on this earth i mean shame is a natural mechanism it is it's proven yes. to be a natural mechanism and Anyways, we could talk. I would love to talk about shame in the future. But um, but our fight and flight instinct, like that rush of cortisol in our bodies, you know, to save us. It is natural. Fear is natural for the human. But um, what I guess we add extra layers to that and we are a constant state of fear. We don't know how to let it go and how to actually relax. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next question for me. Um, 
So going off the what you what we were talking about before about the marital status or wanting a romantic partner, shall we? Shall we? Um, how, what are your steps to get there? What are your steps to finding a companion? And you know what? Should I say this? <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean I'm, I'm talking in very general terms. Just looking at my past, just observing people. Right there is a part of I don't know particularly you, but I do sense a little bit because again it is natural. There is pursuing that companionship. Let's just say that romantic companion. Um, there is, for a lot of people, very popular uh, a point of desperateness because of whatever. And that point of desperateness, I feel like if we find resolution to that, magic will happen. Things will come into into play. When relaxing with it and then when letting go of expectations and doing us. You know, as they say, you work on yourself before things actually happen. So I had that. And I feel like when you mention your past in, oh, it's been so long and I haven't had that. And my heart goes out to you. It's like, I feel the weight and the pressure. Okay. So my question is, what are your, what is your way to find that companion what do you oh my goodness how are you working on that <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen i don't know if she's secretly trying to propose to me or not here but <laughs> will you marry me where is a ring <laughs> um i know actually I, I have one upstairs but anyways i would never give someone else's ring to somebody else tacky it would never do that 90 day fiance so yeah. this american did this to a colombian she's like i don't want that that's her trash and yeah I was like, oh yeah, yeah. well done <laughs> but you do a, a smart guy would just use that as value oh, to trade it in yeah. for something else of and then course. add to it to get the right woman the right ring that's what should be done mm -hmm. so to answer your too. question to answer your question yes. okay what is my path what am i trying to do to to change this to to find my special someone yeah. well i know you really want to talk about how we met me yeah because uh, you mentioned that we'll what, at we'll the interview it. but oh Okay, yeah. sure, I didn't even think about that. Well, that's just partial. I'll intro that. We're going to talk in greater detail later, but Danny and I, we uh, we met on a dating site. Mm -hmm. I tried everything I could to find a co-host on Craigslist and Facebook, allaccess.com. I have even tried word of mouth, flyers, you name it. I just couldn't find the ideal co-host. So I thought, well, why don't I just make a, a dating profile on a dating site I already belong to, but make it for the show so then that's how i met danny and we'll talk more into your thoughts of what you saw that and everything else but i do have dating profiles i'm on okcupid i'm on plenty of fish i think i have something on match.com christian mingle we should have a so you said we're going to have a segment on dating yes. uh, sites okay cool. yeah and and we're going to do we're going to do a full-blown episode many episodes about relationships and dating sites Ooh. and all kinds of advice and stuff things that we both experienced and we'll have other people too who are single or may have been become couples you know mm -hmm. through dating sites so mm -hmm. we're really going to elaborate on the topic when we do episodes on that and that excites me that's gonna now be, you're getting gonna be me fun mm -hmm. I, I, i'm gonna love that but i do i have i have dating profiles out there and i'm not meeting any dates the profiles that I get emails from, they send me, hey, hand some. They, they leave the D out. And then they go, meet good, love you, okay We time. love you long time. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's what they do. And and you know that they're fake or they're from a foreign country and they're trying to, to spam you or fish information out of you or they want you to text them or, or call them. And then they once they get your phone number, they can hack your cell phone and... 
And, oh my moly. god, yes. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's all kinds of that that's that why I always say let's meet publicly first. And then a lot of these people say, Well, I'm in Nigeria and I'm on my n- international nursing degree and I, I had to go to Germany first and oh I don't have enough money to get back to Give me money. Yes. <laughs> and it's always about they want money somehow and yep. so I just sit back, I relax, I do yeah. as you say, and I just take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes I have fun with it, and I'll have conversations with them, and I'll tell them stuff like, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't send money right now because I'm waiting on a million dollars from the Prince of Nigeria. <laughs> and I tell them these things, and they know that I'm, I'm catching on to their scams. And sometimes it's artificial intelligence that emails me because it's the same messages from different profiles. And I play with it, and I have fun with it too, and I send stuff like peanut butter escalator jumping up and down I have a banana what should I do <laughs> just complete I like that. gibberish I'm not creative you know? enough to do that create complete gibberish and they respond back going oh baby you know what to say <laughs> I'm like oh my god but I I keep a positive mindset and I keep as much love in my heart I don't let it go dark oh, and whether we become a married power couple whoa, in the world whoa, of broadcasting or whoa. you and introduce me to somebody or I don't know a playboy playmate comes in here to interview one day and we start dating they I cost don't a know. lot I don't know Those I don't know who lot. it's gonna be right all I gotta do is just follow your passion be me you be you. I that's got, that's gotta, a rough road, though. I got to be yourself. me. I got to stay positive. I have to keep Christ in my heart. I have to be a positive person. I have to be the best man that I can always be. You choose to be. And I do. You choose. I am yeah. a genuine gentleman. Just the things I've done alone to get this studio ready for Danny. I mean, I mean, I, I, I really do make sure that there's always a good first impression. I always make sure that anybody, male or female, that I'm with, that they get my utmost respect. They get treated the way I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And as long as I keep that mentality going, you know. Yeah, but don't stress yourself about hopefully it. You I'll meet someone. Me how stressed you were with the bathroom. And, and I think that's sweet. I, I didn't mean a chuckle, but it is a little bit of chuckleable because I'm just a person, you know. I know, and but I appreciate it's got to. You don't have to Think stress. about when we start getting guests in the studio. It's got to be there that people still. Too. I mean, I'm, oh my gosh, so much to talk about. There's so many things that I feel a little fire when you mention certain things and I just I can't wait um yeah just seeing people as people and just treating them with respect and not necessarily putting people on a pedestal you know because that that just lowers like on a philosophical level it's kind of just lowering yourself well well, think of this uh as far as the bathroom goes all right think of this imagine if this studio were not in my home (laughs) I know where you're going okay and it was in a commercial property Uh you and I would both be cleaning that toilet (laughs) (laughs) you know it wouldn't just be me because it's my my home Home, but yeah. we would both be cleaning that toilet. Toilets are important. You don't we, want a dirty toilet. We would toilet. want to That's have true. a clean facility for mm-hmm. ourselves and for our guests. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking at it as a business aspect of it. You're coming into the Land of Confusion Show studio, and I need to make sure that the studio is functioning, the bathroom is functioning and clean, that you're provided with refreshments, the guests are provided <laughs> with refreshments. You can't see it. It's off camera, but... It's a, a Quite an I, um, assortment. It's for 10 people. I asked uh, people. <laughs> 10 people with the food. There actually is a, uh, quite a bit of food. So I made sure that there he were got pretzels. got a whole bag of pretzels. A whole is. bag of pretzels, which we were kind of 
I have to eat off microphone because they crunch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No worries. Uh, but but no, but it, it, the whole thing is about just doing the right thing for the people, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as they keep that mentality, being positive, yeah. doing the right thing, being a gentleman, I think that it's just it's going to happen. It will. But I'm Hopefully. tired of waiting. Hopefully, don't pressure yourself. No stressing. I mean, st- a little stress. But what you were telling, conveying to me earlier, I was just like, remember I told you, I I will always lead with this. Really learning how to relax, you know? There's there's no you know, that assesses stress again is just gonna ruin your body, ruin your mind, you know. Thin anyway. my hair out, cause balding, make me go gray. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. Um no, I'm not I'm not gonna go with that with that question. I have a question up up here, but do I'm it. I'm not gonna do mm-hmm. it. Um what controversy. Does, what does Danny what love mean? about Danny? Oh my god. Okay, so along my journey called life, eventually I came to a point where it's like, okay, I have to talk to me. I have to like out loud look in the mirror look in my own eyes let's just try this let's utter the words i love you and just see how i feel and be honest so yeah the first time i did it uh no no there was a lot of negative reaction and i paid attention to that so working on that but why why would you have a negative reaction we, uh, most people 99 percent of the population will have a negative reaction if they haven't practiced this to look at your own eyes in the mirror at whatever point we could be our worst critics of course it will come out and if you, again, desensitize yourself and actually feel it all, there was a contradiction. Of course, like, I like my love. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> At that time, right? So years of practicing. And then now I go to bed and I, like, put my hands on my skin. I'm like, I love you. No, you. And sometimes I, I become these two people where they're just hugging each other. And just practicing little things like that as uh, uh, in conjunction with other stuff. You are a hugger. I, yes. I w- In 2016, it was very evident that I did not like hugging and I felt so awkward and all this stress floods my body. It's like, why? What's wrong? Number one, we are touch deprived. I was a massage therapist uh, back in the day and they tell, you know, we, it shouldn't necessarily be, all, you know, all this, um, what is that called? All this, uh, we're going to edit this, this pause out. <laughs> I, I it's forgot. okay. That part will be edited for time. So we're it, okay. Right. Imagine if I say the words touch deprived, everyone's going to think of like molestation and sexual touch. And it's like, and I guess me too, maybe subconsciously back in 2016 and, and further before that, it, 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 it was associated like, like, why do you want to touch my body? And we can't really fully embrace and you know, the butt, the butt sticking out and it's like awkward. And I'm like, don't hug me, don't touch me. And then someone brought it to my attention and I'm like, wait a second wait a second let me let me see where this is coming from and now when i hug people i like close my eyes and i just feel their body and it's like let you know that i care why not and you feel that way about yourself oh yeah 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 practicing for years again it doesn't happen overnight it didn't at least not for me so yeah um so what i love about myself yes i'm starting to appreciate my like the stress of body image has really gone down thank god you know because as little a little girl and as a teenager an adolescent you know and a young adult it's like you're bombarded with all this crap of how you should look and then that the movement was now love yourself and now people are arguing with love your body the way it is ill you're fat you're ugly it's like whoa whoa okay like you can be unhealthy right but if you really do love yourself you're gonna end up going in the path of health and maybe eat healthier exercise and not really deny that being x y and z is like okay which it can be you can make it okay you know what i mean um but yes so i do love myself i don't know the number one thing i love about myself i feel more authentic that's probably what it would be i would agree with that 
I would. You yeah. are a very authentic, very tell it like it is person. Very authentic. I try to tell yeah. it like it is. I, I, with uh, modesty, without like violating people's boundaries. Exactly. You know. Without being condescending. Oh, I, I feel like at times I can be condescending. And not that I mean to. But you're not. Well, thank you. Let's, you're not. This is our first. You're not. <laughs> this is our first uh, speaking we, we've podcast. Been, we've been texting back and forth for uh, the week's prior to yeah. this recording uh-huh. and then we had the interview at the at the coffee house and we're doing this and every exchange i've had with you since the day i met you there is no condescending whatsoever well maybe there's no room but i'm sure when we get into hot topics i might come across condescending which will just be heated for a moment heated. everyone all. comes across condescending when they're heated yeah <laughs> but 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 the thing is it's not part of your personality oh right 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 yeah right. so for a brief moment in time mm-hmm. when we're on a heated topic it may feel like that yeah. but it's never going to be that Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's really nice. Cool. Yeah. By the way, she does give great hugs. I do know that for a fact. I wanted to hug you when you came in, but I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I tried. I'm like, oh, mom. Hi, mom. I don't know. How are you? Well, um, I will take a rain check on our break for the okay. hug then. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, let's see. Next question for me. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. How did you get into all this broadcasting stuff? Wow. And, and to be, to have all this, like that. Oh hit my the, god! Hit the fun points. You oh know? my god! Well, well, this is uh, it's a long story. Hit the fun points. Man. I will uh, try to cut it down into a cliff note version. Cool. Um, oh boy, boy, boy. Okay, it starts with me being a child. I'm talking the age of four. And what I did is I brought my parents' home stereo system. I went upstairs to the backyard, plugged it all in. I grabbed their records. I grabbed their eight track cassettes and i'm playing dj for the girl next door i'm clicking back and forth between turntable eight track turntable eight track i didn't have a mixer uh, eventually you know as the years went by my parents bought me my own turntable they bought me my own mixer they you know started getting me equipment i started djing for the the local church youth group and i started djing for church events neighborhood block party got into high school high school had a closed circuit radio station meaning that it didn't have a, an antenna to broadcast from it just went through speaker wires throughout the campus like a pa system and my uh, best friend shane he and i were we shared a show together and i brought in my record collection at that time which was iron maiden that's actually a replica of the banner that was hanging in the radio station at the high school that's the exact same thing very scary that, that was the music of the 80s that's what we listened to so i had my iron maiden my acdc van halen and i had all this different stuff we're playing rock and roll in high school then i moved to the the burbs they didn't have a radio station but i had equipment and my newfound friend had the equipment so then we got together and we started a dj business and it exploded and then from there i pursued uh college and i went to different colleges and i wasn't getting what i wanted from the education and i kept trying to find a way to expedite it make it happen faster to get into an internship to get into a radio station I knew what had to be done. I mean, I knew all the technical stuff. I knew how to edit. I knew how to to just run all the electronics. What I needed 
was that break. To talk. To talk, to get on the microphone, to get into a radio station. And I, I did. I got on to Rock 103.5 in Chicago, WRCX. It was the home of Mancow. And I got in there. I was an intern, and I was doing great with them. And then I got my first radio job, which I gave up because of the ex-fiance and that whole ordeal. Then uh, from there, I just bounced back and forth between retail and radio and retail and radio is it just becomes a, a ping pong game is what it does i eventually got to las vegas and in las vegas i became an overnight producer i took care of all four radio stations overnight and then like two months later they made me management and I was I was the assistant promotions director. I mean, it's low-level management, yeah. but I was creating all kinds of contests and stuff that they never, ever imagined could ever happen. And I tripled or even quadrupled not so much their listenership, but the participation at all of their public events. And it was amazing. Then Grandma died, and I came back here to help the family out, and things kind of went south, and then I'm just rebuilding. So... But the thing is, it's always been in my heart. Broadcasting, it's just, it's what I do. It's so much in my blood. I'm a little bit uh, envious of that, to have such a tangible pa passion that you've been following since childhood. I think that's incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. But no, it's, a, it's a long road coming, and I'm still I'm still working at it. You know, I have uh, a vision for us, for, for the Atlanta Confusion Show, where we will talk about the path that we want to take the Atlanta Confusion Show. Uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so next question for Danny Danella. Okay, <laughs> this question is uh, actually it's got a twist to it. Ooh. All right, in three words, how would you describe me? to other people i oh dang just words dang it how about three different ideas <laughs> i'm not a wordy person i wish i was like you told me what this name is and i can't it doesn't stick so i, I kind of want to ask you again <laughs> behringer behringer i keep wanting to say behringer okay little things like that but words all right come on Danielle. you got this in, in person so much more lovelier in person really definitely thank you i mean it's okay is that one word <laughs> no that's that'll be one it's idea. A thought. Lovely, lovely. It's a thought. So lovely. lovely. I'm lovely. I'm British all of a sudden. I'm yep. lovely. Absolutely lovely. That's a better British accent than I can ever do. Uh, I could do a little bit. Well, when I try doing it, I, I, try, I try to sound like Sean Connery from, from James Bond. He's Scottish, isn't he? He's Scottish. He's Scottish with a little bit of a. He sounds like he's got some cauliflower or something inside of his, his mouth. That is really good. So that's, that's the closest I can get to doing his voice. Oh, no, bad at all. Um, to describe you, I feel like, oh, I feel like there's this, um, obviously, because of your background and all okay. the, everything you've done as far as broadcasting, I feel like there's so much um, savviness there that I'm excited to watch and learn from. You know what I mean? Sure, not one savvy. I'm going to be using his savvy, voice for a little bit now. Please, savvy <laughs> and uh, coupled with mystery. So that's just, that's the second one. Okay. The third one, let me think. Um, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, fun? Fun. Holy fun. crap. Let me tell you, me being like this is because you are accepting and allowing it. It is fun. Thank you for that. So fun, savvy, and lovely. Oh my gosh, I love that. I, I'm you. I'm very happy about my. Thank you. Okay. Why? Of course. Thank you. Now, 
Now, how about a question for me? Okay. Um, nah, mm, 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 mm. It's coming to childhood. Is that okay? Shall we? The childhood? Yeah, the difficulties. Yeah, in chi- you can. You yeah. can go. To, you can. You can dig deep. That's fine. Th- oh, thanks. Um, I want to know about maybe a couple difficulties you have in childhood. Maybe the most prevalent one, if it comes to mind. Uh, the probably the most difficult thing, or maybe worst thing that ever happened to me when I was a child growing up, is that uh, I was almost murdered. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I was almost murdered. Um, It was high school at the end of the sophomore year, and it was just days before moving from the city to the suburbs. When I went to high school, it was uh, a Catholic all-boys school, and and I tested for this school, and I got in, and so did a, a young gentleman who was autistic. I had an autistic classmate, and he was the, he was a nice guy, and I treated him uh, with respect as I do with anybody else, but some other classmates didn't. Other classmates used to beat him up. Because he was mentally challenged, because he was slow, because he was different. That's why I'm an advocate for autism. And uh, we'll talk about that at a later time as well. But I stood up for when this classmate couldn't stand up for himself. And my best friend Shane, he stood by my side. And these two bullies started leaving this autistic student alone. I mean, they used to really beat on him. They would put his head in the locker door and slam his door on him. They would push him downstairs. They would just punch. They were viciously vile people that did these things to him. You know, as you talk like that, I literally kind of have to dissociate because it's, if I allow myself to really, the heartbreak is just, I wouldn't I know, I know. It's, 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 it's really, you and can kind of see. the fact that see, we don't stop it or that they didn't. You can kind of you know? see what this is going to lead to, though. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> let me, let me, okay, go ahead. A different classmate of mine stopped by on one of my last days of living in the south side of Chicago and said, hey, Mike, let's let's just go for a walk. Let's go hang out. So we went to the nearby park, and here comes these two people walking towards us. It's those two bullies. Shane wasn't there anymore. He wasn't by my side because Shane didn't live in that neighborhood. He lived in a different neighborhood. And these two bullies took advantage of me being alone, and they broke my nose. They broke my jaw. They broke my ribs. They shredded my clothing, ripped my clothing off of me. They picked me up, they threw me inside of a garbage dumpster, and they left me there to die. That was probably the worst thing that ever happened in my childhood. Were you unconscious when they left you there? Yeah, and I came to, and I crawled out of the garbage dumpster, and I it was nighttime by the time I got out of the garbage dumpster, so I was in there for a couple of hours, and I got out of the dumpster, and I had blood in my eyes, and I couldn't see well, and I knew how to get home. I knew my direction, so I didn't like lose, you know, sense of direction. And I got home and I walked right past my family and they said stuff to me and I didn't respond to them, but they saw all the blood on me. And I got into my bedroom, crawled up onto the top bunk. I laid in the bed. They turned on the lights, came in room and rolled me over and just saw me just laying in a puddle of my own blood in my uh, in my bed. Did you have a lot of adrenaline put me through you or did you, did the pain really set in? Or when, when did I would say both. I mean, I had enough adrenaline for me just to, to make it home. Right. And I fought as much as I could fight back. But when there's two on one, you know, and they're they're picking up, you know, lumber or rocks and whatever they can to weaponize themselves. That's, and that's, I, it was it was it was horrible. I've, I've been shot at in my life. I've been stabbed in my life. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing that's ever happened to me would be that. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, I ran into one of those bullies in my adulthood. I went to a bar in our 
our neighborhood out here. But what happened was I went to this bar and I sat at the, I was, I'm at the, the bar table and I'm sitting there and I'm looking in the mirror, you know how bars have mirrors in the bar back. And I see the person sitting next to me in the reflection. I'm like, oh my God, that's one of the bullies. And I know he must have recognized me as well because we have not really changed much as far as the way we look since high school. And uh, he started pouring his heart out to me oh, about how God. miserable his how life is. How did you is. feel when you saw him? Honestly, I, I for for years after the incident happened, I, I wanted to beat the crap out of him in return. Okay. But I grew as, as, a, as a man, you know, and I'm like, if anything's going to happen, it's going to be karma. Karma's going to come into his life and it's going to make his life miserable because bad things eventually will happen to bad people when they do bad things to other people. And it did. His life was hit hard. His kids hate him. His wife hates him. His boss hates him. He hates his job. He's losing money. He's got financial problems. Thus, he's in a bar getting drunk every night, you know? Mm. So, I mean, it's it's just karma. It caught up to him. It's the price he had to pay for the things that he did in his past. So he and didn't rec- he recognized you. He had to have recognized right. me, but he had to have known it was me. But you know, it's just life goes on. Mm. Life goes on, you know, if you really think about that. Whatever whatever works. Let me And and, and I I will I will never lower myself to standards like that. I got another question for Danny here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you hit me up with a whole bunch of uh, questions about love and stuff, so I'm going to ask one for you. Okay. What's the most romantic thing anyone has ever done for you? Oh, okay. Well, some um, lines of thinking came about when you asked that. So doing something romantic and then me actually feeling romantic can be two different things, you know. But uh, so right away, something did pop up and I'll just talk about that. There was someone I was, I don't know, 22, 23 and he made, he took me to, I was a meat eater at the time and he took me to uh, Fogo de Chao, which is unlimited gourmet meat that wow. they walk around and a full salad bar. But he, his gift was was a box that he painted with pictures then inside was a little note uh, a, a little everything was handmade so it was beautiful it was, it was during valentine's day and he just wrote all of our sayings with this guy i was able to laugh and laugh and laugh and that freedom of just being silly and laughing i haven't had that since i mean there was the the negativity outweighed that positivity even though i wish we could have just kept that but um i thought that was so sweet and of course i got rid of it <laughs> But the little book that he made with all of our sayings, I thought that was so sweet. Now, what do you mean by like sayings? Were like catchphrases that you used to say oh, back and forth to, to say, each other? I don't know. I, I for some reason I called them bugala. So he would <laughs> he wrote that on one page. It was like a three inches by a two inches. What I don't know is what. a bugala? I don't know. It was. Uh, was it just a sound? It sounded cute, and that's. We were just. Because so I was, I was schnookums. Oh, schnookums! <laughs> yeah, for sure, that's a thing. Bogala. I don't know. It was like boo, hey boo, gala. <laughs> I don't know. It's cute. It's cute. It's just a it's lot cute. of stuff. It's uh, a little pet yeah. name. It's cute. And he blindfolded me, and then he gave me fruit, like things to eat. So I would have to guess what it was, and I didn't know what an apple. Like I love that. Like of course, apple is the number one fruit we eat around here. And I didn't know. I'm like, oh, what is that one? He's like, come on. So he did that, and then he put. Um, made balloons and in balloon he put a note so I would have to break it and then inside I would read the note and we would have to do that activity and it was so wow, sweet wow that is really it cute was, he was very thoughtful in that way he That's really liked it. very creative I yeah. like that that is really awesome that was really nice so that was romantic alright hit me up give I, me a question I want to hear bring I because you made it so I feel so fun it's great 
what about you? What is the most romantic thing you have done? What is the most romantic thing you have received or what have that you felt? You're like, oh yeah, bring it, bring it. Oh my goodness. All right, I'm going to sit back on this one. Um... I'm a, I'm a romantic guy. I've done I've done a lot of romantic things. I would say um, for my ex-fiance, the way I proposed, I it was a two-part thing. The first part failed, it didn't go through, so I had to go with the second part. The first part is I utilized my broadcast connections. We were at uh, a concert venue that's in Indiana. I think it they think I think it's closed. I think they tore it down. But we went to a concert venue in Indiana, and her favorite country performer was was there, and we had tickets for it. And I contacted his public relations people, and I said, "Can you please, you know, announce her name, and would you marry Ooh. Mike?" Whoa! And he uh, he responded to me, and he said, "I unfortunately I'm unable to do that because then other people in the audience would want that as well." So I saved the email and I showed it to her after I physically got down on one knee and proposed. Then she's when she saw that I made the attempt to have her favorite country performer do this, and it was a personalized email coming back from the performer, not from the management, but from the actual performer. Then she was like extra touched, thinking, oh my goodness, this is great. When we were dating, I would go on dates where I would take her downtown. We'd go to downtown Chicago, and I would take her to the John Hancock Center, and we'd have dinner at the Signature Lounge at the top of the, the Hancock 95th Tower. 95th floor. 95th floor. Mm-hmm. Then we'd have dessert in the annex at the Cheesecake Factory. I would have a fresh rose in the, in the horse and carriage waiting for her. All this I'd call ahead of time and have it all taken care of. Sometimes friends or family would help me make this stuff happen as well. So it's the magic kind of just unfolds. And like, how'd you get this done? Well, you know, I have elves too, you know. If we went down to, uh, to the city um, in the winter, I'd have a wool blanket and hot chocolate, a fresh thermos of hot chocolate waiting. How does someone come up with a thermos of hot chocolate, right? Oh, they buy like, books. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just out of the air. You know, we were just in the cheesecake factory. How did you get hot chocolate? How did you do it? Exactly. Well, I had family or friends do it. They would bring it. Yeah. So I would have family or friends. They would help me out, and they would, you know, have the hot chocolate ready for me. Or if it was summertime, I'd have a bottle of champagne or a bottle of wine. And then we would get into uh, the carriage, and we would take a ride through the Frank Lloyd Wright district. Uh, Years later, I met a woman through a chat room. And this is the very last romantic thing I've ever done for anybody because I haven't done anything romantic because I haven't had anybody in my life. But it was Christmas time, and she had only one ticket to her work Christmas party. She couldn't get a second one for me to go. So I said, that's no problem. Go and enjoy your time. I'll stay home with the kids. She had two kids. Then I uh, sprung it out to the kids that I want to do something romantic for their mom. They said, what? And I said, well, I got I got three dozen roses out in the car. And we put one dozen roses in into a vase and kept it on the kitchen table because the woman I was dating would come in through the kitchen, not through the front, but through the, the side door. So the first thing she would see would be this large dozen roses. Then I had a trail of one dozen roses leading to the bathroom, and then I, I had a hot steaming bubble bath waiting for her. Oh, wow. 
I had her favorite music playing. I put rose petals all over the, the bubbles. I had, uh, I had candles. Lovely. I had candles going. And then I had a note at the, at the kitchen table and said, just follow the flowers. You know what to do. So she followed <laughs> the flowers. <laughs> she got followed the flowers. She mm-hmm. got into the bathroom. She got naked. She got in the tub. Then I came in with champagne and strawberries. And I gave her the champagne and strawberries. And I said, this is just you time. I got the kids. <clears throat> I got everything taken care of. Just relax. And she loved it. Then after a while, she was drinking the champagne and eating the strawberries. I came back in with a, a box, and the box was uh, satin pajamas and a satin robe. And I gave that to her. And then, uh, then the, in there it says, I'll, I'll, "I'll see you. I'm going to bed." She puts on the pajamas and the robe, and she goes into the the bedroom. And then I got like all natural, and I'm on the bed. And I you got, got all so natural. What I'm does that all mean? All natural. I'm you in mean, my. Um, I'm wearing the birthday <laughs> suit. <laughs> gotcha. The SEX comes. I got the. Enjoy. Got, yeah, and the kids are. All set, and, and it was it was really romantic, and it was intimate, and, and that was the, the the last time I ever had an opportunity to be romantic for someone. That, oh, yeah, okay. that was oh my god. I mean, I think that was George W. Bush or Bill Clinton. Wow, George W. Bush. I, might have been. I mean, don't get me wrong, that is absolutely incredible. Holy crap, that's above and beyond romance. You know, a lot of guys when they do romance, they they, they do think of the sex part right away. You know, you but. Think so? But but the thing is that yeah that night had the intimacy at the end of it, mm-hmm. but everything else it, it just wasn't, and it had the right. children involved, and it had you know it just had her private time and relaxation time involved. A lot of guys and I and I talked to my close friends and I and on the air in small towns you know even then you know people would associate sex with romance when yeah. or intimacy when, for that matter yeah but the thing is it, it, you don't have to have that element yeah. to be romantic it could be sensual completely yeah. sensual completely sensual for two people yeah or just completely appreciative mm-hmm. you know yeah. to be romantic that's incredibly thoughtful you know you brought chocolates here. I stole it. They're so good. There's 48 of them. I'm like, oh, he wouldn't mind. I had to try it. Are you joking? That's fine. It's toffee. There's what, the 48? What, you had two? There's no, 50, I had 50? one. You had no. One? no, there's 48. There's 47 now. Oh, there's 47 now. Yeah. Well, that's still a good number. Sure. Oh, am I wrong? I think there's 44. There's 45. I don't know. <laughs> Danny is admitting to to eating some of the chocolate before getting here. It's like a like a pizza delivery guy eating a slice of just pizza before slice. that it gets to the house, right? Exactly. It's just don't a slice. Don't tip me. Don't tip me. Just you know. I, I would have done the same thing. There's so many times like the family wants me to go out and you know, like get McDonald's or Burger King or something or White Castle. Who wouldn't steal the fries? And, and I steal the French fries all the time. I love eating. That's a that's a little um, not a vice, but it's like a, a what do you call that? A, like an indulgement secret. An, an indulgence. Yeah. I eat in the car. I love it. I feel so. Mm, I just the food tastes better in the car. It does. <laughs> it does. But the thing I don't like about it is the mess. Oh my gosh! No. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. drop a French fry and you find it three months later. Uh, you know? No, not in my car. Maybe. So um, I am a Libra and I'm ruled by planet Venus. And so that whole bubble bath thing, yeah. kudos to you. That's in, uh, that's amazing. So that's your weakness? That's your kryptonite? Well, I always, it feels so cleansing at night. I always like ba- like rinse off and bathe at night or not always bathe, but you know. So yeah, the, the whole bath thing with candles or bubbles, it sounds really nice. Good for you. Who is yeah. this woman? Where did she go? How she did got she married. Okay. She got married. We uh, we broke up. Now this is funny. This is funny. She uh, she used to take clippings of hot guys and put them on her refrigerator. Her teenage son was uncomfortable with it. And he would cover them up. She thought it was me covering those things up. 
It's the son who was uncomfortable with it. How old was he? He was at the time 13. Okay, yeah, that and makes she sense. Was, and, the, and the daughter was 10. Oh. The well, daughter is now a mother. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. That scares me. I know. I could have been a grandpa by now. Oh, to think. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, yeah, so the son was uncomfortable, and she thought it was me doing it. So then we got into an argument, and then she starts saying how she, you know, she deserves Vin Diesel. She deserves Brad Pitt. I'm like, you don't hear me saying I deserve, like, some sort of Barbie doll supermodel thing, do you? No. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a judgmental person. I mean, I, I know what I'm attracted to. Yeah. I know what I'm not attracted to. And I've dated women who are overweight. You know, I've dated women who are tall. I mean, even taller than me. And I've dated women way shorter to me. I dated women who are petite, so it, it, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to personality. Oh, for sure. And but you don't have a preference? You don't lead with a preference somewhat? Well, as long as the person doesn't have one arm, one leg, one eye, no teeth, half a head of hair, a body covered in acne, maybe third degree burn, I, I kind of go without having something like that. So, yeah, I would say that's my limit. You're telling me you don't have a like a preference. No. Oh, that's incredible. I love to think that about myself, but time and time again, I'm like, you know what? I do have a preference, you know? You know what I mean? Like, if personality is everything, you know, of course, but I do tend to lead with a preference, of course. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mental note. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because I'm like, you're pretty tall and you dated someone taller. You're, what, six? I'm 6'3", six, and I dated a woman who was, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and she yeah. wore heels at times. That, I'm like, now that's sexy. I'm like, oh my God, you're you're like seven feet tall. That confidence is so attractive. I'm like, she's, she, was, she was tall. Good I was like, her. oh my God. That's nice. Yeah. Slow dancing was interesting. But how did you feel? Did you feel a little bit demasking a lot? Demasking? A little bit. But, a little bit. Okay. But slow dancing was interesting. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Just wondering. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's add a question now for you. For me. Okay. <laughs> this is going to kind of touch base on a topic we're going to talk about later in the episodes. What would be your strategy for, for, for surviving an apocalyptic? event i just was with my friend and uh we used to talk about what was it like a uh, nuclear war right back in th- two three 2017 2016 and then i saw him recently and he's like well the next thing is the emp you know electromagnetic pulse he's like i'm just i'm yeah. like oh you got thinner you're you're, like, you're you're talking my language here girl Keep oh, going. oh i could tell and we <laughs> could talk about where that mentality stems from you know we could definitely talk about that because he too is a trump supporter and uh and i get it you know like i i can get get and empathize with that type of mentality even though I don't support it within myself and uh, so because he was getting skinny and I asked him like why are you getting so like fit he, he was he's he was always fit but he's like oh no well it's now EMP and I'm like how cute because at the time I did agree uh, 2016 I did agree with oh my gosh nuclear war is like really uh, probable right. is really probable and I was freaking out and I ran away to Costa Rica that's what I did um, but he so I seen him recently I'm like oh he's still on that train of thinking he's still thinking he called it a zombie apocalypse what it's gonna be emp and i'm like okay that's cute and i just it, it made me think I'm, on my way home like wow he's really just continuously stuck in that loop of thinking because i was there and i was very fearful and now it's uh i just i <laughs> this is gonna sound condescending i don't mean it to be but i evolved from that because i didn't want to stay in that loop of thinking you know um so surviving what did you say any kind of apocalyptic, apocalyptic scenario yeah, yeah. Um, my strategy is to not 
have faith in that, not to believe in that. But let's be, let's have fun, shall we? Uh, my strategy is to hook up with, hook up, not, you know, sexual. Well, order, right, right. But to be with him because he is prepared and he he's a bit of a charmer. And he, I, I believe he did allude to his place like underground in the middle he, of land where he, because it's obvious when war comes, the two highest marketable things is going to be alcohol and cigarettes, you know, that everyone right, wants a barter. Yeah. Right. So he has all that like in stock. At least he alludes to these things. So apocalyptic time, apocalyptic time. Here I am. I will drive to his place, bring my darling, bring, save as many people as I love and get our ass to him. Be like, hey, let's do this. And he'll take me <laughs> under his underground, what you call it. That's the best I can do. Well, wait till you get a load of me. <laughs> Where's your underground? Give us the address. Save I, us I, all. Yeah, I, I don't have the bunker just yet. However, I do hint and I do tease an underground bunker and a tag that we use for the for the show that I let people think that this studio is in an underground bunker. <laughs> Even though we really aren't, it's just a nice theatrical aspect oh, of let's, it. Oh, let's lie. We are in we're, an we're in a bunker, bunker. yeah. With Check it out. Really this. nice drywall. <laughs> so, um, no, I too am a, a bit of a prepper, as they call it. Prepper. A mm-hmm. prepper. Emergency preparedness is something that I do practice. Uh, whether it be uh, a bad winter, you know, growing up in Chicagoland, um, historically, we've had bad winters, except within the last decade, they've been really mild. Like a couple of days ago, it yeah, was like, 60 something. Yeah, degrees. 60 something degrees, and people are in their bathing suits outside in the middle of uh, December. I mean, okay. but no, I too am a, a prepper, and um, I often fantasize about the zombie apocalypse yep, that happen. Pe- preppers often do. You know, I mean, I would love <laughs> to have the zombie apocalypse happen. You know, some of the, the bad people may become zombies and, and be able to rebuild society, so to speak, off of that. Uh-huh. But no, your friend is right about the whole EMP that right. you know, North Korea supposedly was going to send us a gift on Christmas oh, they yay, talked about chocolates hmm? chocolates chocolates would be nice I, I, I'm sure the Koreans make some pretty good chocolates out there but they were talking about doing a intercontinental ballistic missile right. an ICBM bring it and all he's got to do is let that detonate in the atmosphere and it will cause an electromagnetic pulse mm. so your friend is right that the theory is be, out there the theory is out there you should be prepared because an EMP can also happen from lightning strike, and it can happen from the sun. The sun can let off a solar blast as well. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't hurt to be prepared, whether it's inclement weather or a natural EMP, mm-hmm. n- nuclear warhead explosion, nuclear reactor explosion. Polar is flipping. Polar flip, civil <laughs> unrest. Well, I completely disagree, but that's all right. I, this is a fun banter, so... You, you don't you don't think you should be be prepared for something i yeah. mean there's how many billions of people out there i don't have faith that'll happen i'm here again my my mentality is about really relaxing does that make sense i'm not no, here to buy it into does. all these theories because I, I agree there's fear and i understand that in fear people all these things happen like koreans if, if there's those koreans that are so fearful they want to send missiles and destroy people okay cool like you do you but you know i i don't I, that's not my way of thinking does that make sense but it's look at like a bad winter and then you watch the news and you see all these people rushing into the Walmarts and they're getting all the water they can and they're getting all the generators they can. Mm-hmm. Why Why not just buy all the water before the snow hits and buy the generator just leisurely re- in a relaxing manner you buy all these preparations. Not Therefore, bad. you are ready in case the event, anything were to happen. Of course. Well, why? Because I am not relaxed in buying that. If I Really? Were, really? I don't well, want are, to. Are, how, I don't desire like, to. Like 
toilet paper. What of it? Right? You could buy a four pack mm-hmm. and then just not think about it. And all of a sudden a you're down to nothing. Topic. That's a different time. I'm not but what scared if you buy of wiping six, my but ass. What if, you buy, <laughs> what if you buy the 64 pack and now you really don't got to worry about running out of toilet paper? But that's the thing. See, again, worry, fear. I don't, like if I am worried, then I'll find a way. Be like, okay, is it me or should I, do I need something to prepare? You know what I mean? Like a seatbelt back in the day when it wasn't required. It's like, okay. Or like child safety seats you know yeah some people of course there's a weight and there's a cutoff limit but sometimes if you're just running to the corner whatever it might be okay buckle the seatbelt some people are so anal with that but doing so relaxes them some people are so anal with that that doing so or not they're still going to be not relaxed about it do you wear your seatbelt all the time i don't yeah it becomes natural right exactly and that's easy for me but running around buying a generator figuring around things that i don't know about i don't know how to install a generator i don't like water i'm i'm a water snob by the way i distill my water oh cool i got enough water for you there no, no, that's I'm great a, no 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 i distill my water that, really that stuff tastes like crap I, i'm a water snob and i'm proud of it are you serious I, my, my water's serious. not good enough now you see i brought my own right <laughs> i saw that yeah. yes i saw that yeah no it's uh because it, you could i could taste the i do i, I, I do, I do agree i do agree i do <laughs> I taste it like as that. well especially if the bottle's been opened and the air gets into it Maybe, and it, I, don't I know. do taste even then. It's even yeah. more of a, of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so not like I get distilled water. No, I have my dis- I distill it. I personally distill it. I have a distiller. Yeah, but you can't bring a distiller here and you might go no. through that water. No, I won't. Not in the winter. I'm prepared. Like it. Uh, see, you said it. <laughs> for water. <laughs> for water. Not for a generator. Not for feeling like, oh, because because even that, that stresses me out even more if you think about it. I care about people. And there's so many people. You live in such a, a massive area with a lot of people. You don't live one person per square mile. Right, no. Right. So you're going to be prepared for you and for your mom and for what about everyone else that's going to be knocking on your door and be like hey please you're like no there's too many people no and imagine that that is so stressful so scary so fearful i don't need that so be and that's, prepared and that's, and that's, the, that's the part where you have to separate society from from family you know like like for myself my my preparations are for this household and a secondary household right. for my my sister her husband and their five kids to be able to come here I have a broad definition of family. You know, very and then, broad. And then they they would come here, and then they could be prepared. You know, if I had a significant other, and if she were able to make it here, then she'd have safe haven here. But you realize all those people have loved ones, and all those people. Have I know, loved ones. I know. And so it's going to so be heartbreaking. Her, so her loved ones, I would I would open okay. up for that as well. Right. But now, what about friends? Right. All of it. What it's heartbreaking friends? to think I'm going to do for me and mine. It's like, well, you are also part. Like people are still people. You still want to go through that so thinking about that that is not oh, that's about fear for me that's about stress for me it's about me declining people's liberties and people's right to come and have warmth and have water it's like no i don't want to think about excluding people but right, now what would happen if if you know if it were to hit the fan and, and, and then you go to that Let friend's house but I couldn't go to that friend's exactly. house. Exactly. So that's the it's hard. Then I would die of heartbreak. Like, it's, what is, it's hard. There's it no way hard. in. Why would you even want to live in a place where nuclear bombs are going off and EMPs? Nobody like, wants to. Precisely. So again, you framed it correct. Survival. That whole survival mentality. I am here to thrive. I'm not here to merely survive. And nor will I think in those terms because I. No. No. Thank you. Does that make sense? See, the zombie apocalypse fantasy is is just the sci-fi fun part of it. Right. 
You but know? some people but no like one you really wants to live in it. You know, and yet because you're what, so involved in it. You're so into it that you what if take I woke steps up? towards it. What if it? I woke up and the family I live with, my family, becomes zombies or worse, I'm the zombie. Well, let's talk about things you, know? you actually believe in. You know? Like e- e- EMPs. And the stuff. EMP. Oh, yeah. if it happens, I mean, we really don't have any control over it. Bottom line is it's coming from fear. I don't want to live my life in that. And exactly. so I don't, hence, actually take those things seriously. Does but it becomes more fearful, though, if you aren't able to be prepared to survive that that doesn't make sense fear is fear what do you mean no it's not i don't think in those terms see you're trying to bring down this mind frame which i don't i don't take it in as in my heart or my mind i look at it as a fun banter we, so, we can't live in a what if but, but people do but and people you do. do and so does my friend and so you guys are living in fear that part of you is fear fear so you fear. think you think you can find you think resolution preparation to that you, you, you think you think the preparations is just a way to hide the apocalyptic fear. stuff to hide the fear it's a complete coping mechanism you're trying to soothe it you're trying to say i i can live i, I can still live it's like okay uh, what's well, about surviving it's not about thriving i'm focused on thriving well then we won't think about apocalyptic but this thing about bad winters even so i mean come on like i i have gear i have my snow i love being out in the winter oh i love it too i can walk in I can melt the snow like it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. You know, I had there's enough food to last like a week. After a week, like what? Everything's right, gonna go. Right. No, a week is well, fine. Well, they, they they say you want to at least have enough to last three days. But yeah. It, but yeah, I mean, fill your bathtub. With uh, water. I mean, families like ours. I mean, we have freezers. You know, and, yes. and uh, or First multiple world. multiple refrigerators and freezers, <laughs> and they're filled with all kinds of food at all times. Yeah. 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 I and mean, we just, have just clothes. Look at, just look at the spread that I have here. Just just for today. I mean, and yeah. we haven't even touched it. And no. look at all the clothes we have in our house. We're consumers. We have yep. enough. <laughs> we do. <laughs> to, we do. to look at the three days. And some people would say that, you know, we have too much, actually. Well, I mean, oh, we, ha- we are very excessive. That is not, that's a fact. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is what it is. And it's how you look at that. But at least, at least it's nice to know that, that you, you, if it were to happen, you do got a game plan. Oh, I yeah. mean, I have winter stuff, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll stay warm. <laughs> yeah. And you know that I'm a standby, so just in case he's out of town or can't make it or whatever, I'm a standby. <laughs> That's so cute. All right, so hit me up with a question. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Where, mm, what about you? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to answer about yourself? There's a story that you did want to tell me. Ta- ta- I want to know oh something that you're goodness. eager to share. We're here to talk, right? Yeah. And we want to be heard. Yeah. What is something that you want us? Well, the original story, the original story will stem back to a question you asked me earlier about cool. getting into this. I have uh, a series of favorite DJs, and each one of them had a different motivation for me to get into broadcasting. And uh, long before my time, there was a DJ named Alan Freed. Alan Freed was the DJ that coined the term rock and roll. Elvis Presley comes out, and Elvis he says about Elvis. Elvis, he's a rockin' and a rollin', and then it's stuck, and it's it's lasted through today. So we're talking, oh God, 50, 60, 60, 70 years or more of the term rock and roll. There was a, a DJ called Wolfman Jack. He had such a unique voice, and uh, he had a, a really unique look. He had a black beard with two white stripes, and he had it matching up in his hair. He looked like a character. He looked like a cartoon person. It just—it was like, wow, this guy is captivating. 
Then there was uh, Dick Clark, and Dick Clark, you know, known for all of his uh, New Year's Eve bashes and stuff, and he was the host of American Bandstand. He was the clean-cut guy, and just watching him and watching him do his natural delivery without being over-the-top like Wolfman Jack. Then I had uh, another DJ, um, Casey Kasem. He um, he hosted America's Top 40. Uh, Casey Kasem passed a couple years ago. Casey Kasem was the voice of Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo cartoons back in the 60s. I just had all these different people that were like, just they gave me some kind of motivation or something from their character to kind of pull and bring into myself and incorporate them to create who I am of a character. And, you know, it's just, I, I had so many different motivating DJs. And then when I first started putting my foot in the door for radio, all these DJs were afraid of me they didn't they thought i was threatening like like i'm gonna take their job oh well that's a great thing yeah well, it is it's, it's it lift me up it made me feel pretty good but it made me feel them? good at a later day at uh, the time that it happened oh man you it, don't it was, want to make them feel intimidated yeah. yeah 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 and i was i was i was let down they were telling me uh to go milk goats in tibet why they said that's how you gain the enlightenment on how to be a radio dj go milk goats what in kind tibet of spiritual bs is that <laughs> i know like how in the hell is spinning a record and a goat utter the same thing? But, you know, it's uh, they were afraid. They were afraid that I was going to take their jobs away from them. So I uh, I just kind of zoned those DJs out. I focused on the education. I focused on the technology. I focused on the skills and learning how to speak properly into a microphone. And it's... Uh, you know, it was a growing process, a learning process, and not just of the technology and the industry, but of myself too. Mm. You know, I grew, grew as a man. I learned who I was. Oh, wow. You know, it was um, it was like soul searching, and uh, I can't imagine me really doing anything else even though i did bounce back and forth in retail and stuff and my last retail job was for a, a big outdoors uh, outfitter and i loved it there and my my clientele loved me there and the management loved the fact that i was the number one salesperson but the injury that, that i occurred from there and uh, the death threats that co-workers gave me when i was there because of my injury it just kind of ruined the the romance that I had for for that business, and I I knew that mm. there was only one place that I'm I'm meant to be, yeah, and that's doing this. You know, yeah, you're a talker, and uh, I I find there that being a bit poetic, the way you say each DJ inspired me to to, to figure this thing out. I think you could make that into like a tiny mini series, a mini book, <laughs> a little because mini it's book? really each you're talking about each DJ doing something for you, and you could talk about the DJ and then what that inspired and what that led to i think that's a really it's a really nice little synopsis little book that people can oh, read if, because I, if, of your I, if I do an autobiography maybe i will because of your passion maybe i will love it. I think maybe it'll really be nice. something that can be used to inspire mm -hmm. future broadcasters something like that yeah. yeah because you were the ones that are coming up they don't know much about this dj or that dj right back from way back i when. could do it chronologically exactly. too exactly yeah. precisely that's mm -hmm. pretty cool you thanks for the idea mini history book yeah. i like that it's not Me a bad too. idea i'm gonna have to make you a co-writer yeah. I'm not a wordy person. I'm not one of those talkers. But you want to edit? Do you want to be my editor at least for that then? And I go through I, it. I'll read it and check I'll check all give my, you, my yeah, grammatical errors critiques. and stuff. Make I sure my keys are dotted and stuff. I got a thirty on English in um, ACT. So really? That was that was one of my highs. Yeah, because it was so easy. It look, it was just a patterning, a patterning. You just you know, pretty easy in English grammar. It, I don't even remember 
it my is scores. <laughs> I tell my SAT, my ACTs, I don't remember them. I don't know what the scores were. I only remembered that one because uh, I was like, hey, look at me. Which one is it that you get like X amount of points just for signing your name? All right, we're, we're going to take a break here, okay? Interesting. We're talking, uh, we're giving each other questions and we're, we're going on other topics. Isn't it? That's nice. Isn't it? I just want to like take it. a break. I want to clear my throat. Clear your- All right, let's, we'll be back in a moment. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Mayday, mayday. Hello. 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 I don't understand what's going on here. Can't you see this is a land of confusion? This guy gets paid for playing records. Yeah, baby. So, Danielle, we're having a, a blast interviewing each other back and forth with all these questions. And we'll do more episodes like this. We'll find more questions. And I think it's going to allow us to really get to know each other as well as the audience really getting to know us. What do you think? I think it's great. I'm really happy that we found kind of a structure of how to do it, not plan, not produce too much, just pick a topic from a bowl that we're interested in and then speak from there because we go, go off each it. other. Yeah, yeah we kinda, formulate kinda it Kind of really improvise well. and, yeah. and have fun with that. Yeah, All right, like so that. let's just do one more question apiece, and we'll, we'll call it quits for this episode. I, um, I'll ask my last question, and okay. then you get to wrap up the episode with your last question. All right, sounds good. So here is my question for you, and since you put me on a spot with a bunch of different relationship questions today, my last question is, if you had to choose your spouse based on one question only, what question would you ask in order to define your future spouse? Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) It's always going to be about um, transformation and growth. So I would ask something like, how do you see yourself now and how do you see yourself in the future? What are you going to do to get there type of thing? I mean, that's three different questions, but I want to know the motivation behind personal growth. Because, again, I'm very individualism. I'm all about the individual and transforming. Because why be stagnant, you know? So how does he separate himself from society? How does Not he... Not at all. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. No? Yes. Okay. No, it's about him. How does he see himself? And how does he want to be in the future? And how does he... What strategies can he go about doing that? You would want him to define his personal growth and how he... I want to know what he, where he is at now. I want to hear him, how he defines himself as now. As now. Now. Where are you now? Where do you want to be in the future? Or how do you want to be? Who do you think, how do you want to form yourself? And how do you think you could get there? I want to know those things. I would say those are pretty important questions because you wouldn't want to, to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't have a goal or doesn't know who they are. I think, I think that's a pretty good, I think that's a pretty good question. I'm huge on transformation. I, I mean, like I'm huge that. on growth because I'm, I, that's all I did for the past five, six years is just grow and grow and not intentionally, but I had no other choice. And we are, we're growing every day. We're yeah. always learning something new. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Being more aware, more self-aware. I mean, this is your, this is your first experience doing a broadcast. So mm-hmm. you grew today. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, again, I think it's all because of the avenue you set that relax, like, oh my gosh, I could be here, but I'm like, be myself. And you're allowing that just the banter back and forth. So thank you for that. Yeah. It's I'm having cool. fun. I'm enjoying this. Cool. Okay. So, uh, Leonami, what's the, the final all question right. for the episode that you I'll would like to I'll take some depth away. Not, not intentionally, but I do want to know if you are a travel guy, where in the world would you like to travel? Why do you, is it a bucket list and you're like, oh, I'll do it some other time. Or is it something, I want to know something you actually want to go. That's, that's a great question. I would say the most desired 
place I want to go to. I've never been there yet. I think you've been there and I'm envious <laughs> and I, I, I've, I'm looking to buy a new suitcase. I want to get my passport because I need to leave the country for it. Talk about preppers. I really want to visit Mayan civilization. I want to go down to central Mexico. I want to just, I want to absorb all of that. Oh my God, that's on my bucket list. It's the number one place. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm drooling just thinking about it. It's the number one place I really want to go to. Okay, the last week in May, I'll be climbing those periods in the Yucatan uh, Peninsula. I don't know if that's Mayan or Aztec, but I did do the ones in Mexico City. Mexico City, I definitely, oh, I definitely want to go there. I'm sure. Yeah, but Mexico City, God, I've heard of so many wonderful things about Mexico City, especially just the the ancient history that is there. And I want to see the the pyramids. I want to see, I want to see the arenas. Mm. Oh my gosh, I want to see. You see it on on television, on Ancient Aliens, and you see it on um, Discovery Channel and all that stuff where they do all the travel to all the, oh, I just... Oh, I want to do it so bad. I'm just so I'm glad you asked that question because now it, it like my I feel like my adrenaline pumping just thinking about do taking that trip. Do it, do it. I want to, but you know, there ain't no buts. Nothing's no free. Buts, no nothing, nothing's free in this world. <laughs> you know, I would True. love to take this on a road trip to do stuff like that. I don't know? know if you want to drive to Mexico nowadays. No, no. <laughs> no I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe at a later date for our show. As as the show grows and as audience builds and sponsorship builds, I would love to have you, I, and a crew of people get together and go on a road trip and maybe go to like Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Area 51. We'll see how it goes. If it goes, then it goes. Washington Come with State. May. Washington State and try to find Bigfoot, mm-hmm. you know? I heard, um, yeah, I heard they do some quantum jumping from one reality so that's why sometimes they see them and they disappear yeah, because of that that's that's what i heard too i heard that they, they do the teleporting like that i even heard that there's a theory that bigfoot is an alien and he's not from our planet you know yeah. so there's there's so many theories out there and these are some of the topics that we will discuss as well as uh why don't you read off really quick uh sure. some of the ones on the list that you have in front of you okay so this one's going to be a big one for you and i it's called living at home talking about that the stigmas behind it and uh, just what are we going to do from living at home? Does that make sense? Well, what, yeah, well, and, and the, different, the different perspectives as well. The insecurities that come from it, because I have insecurities. Right. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we're going to get way into it. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going with the list. Keep okay. going down the list. So we got living at home, uh, preppers, Armageddon, Judgment Day, romantic relationship, online dating, dating. I have a three-question game. Uh, Mike has a... Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We have, uh, we're going to hopefully get Ursula. Ursula Bielski. Bielski. Um, she's a, kind of a medium, talks about graves in Chicago. Hopefully we could get her on here. I'm going to read some of her books. We have Ways to Relax because that's the ultimate lesson, the ultimate practice. How can we actually internally, internally relax? We can enjoy life in that way. Um, we have talk. Oh, we have the ghosts, the spirits, ghosts. bringing your ghost equipment. My ghost equipment will come down here so you can see what that stuff's like. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing about your grandma, see if her spirit is, I'm sure it is here. Anyway, things like that. What yeah. about you? So we're going to, we're going to touch base on pretty much life, everything. We're going to talk about oddities. We're going to talk about realities. We're going to talk about how to, how to cope 
how to how to thrive we're going to try to bring a positive message definitely out of every single episode we ever do and i would also like to have a small segment on abortion because i definitely i heard i saw oh, i shouldn't even get get into it but i saw the thing in the museum of science and industry how they had the little zygote the fetus real um uh, children that aren't born yet correct yeah and i have a a whole different way to look at abortion pro-choice pro-life we can talk about that controversy spin it into positivity we're going to try to keep politics out of a lot of those things we talk about because Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, let them have it. Let them have their their political parades and do what they have to do. We're going to try to keep this as neutral as possible. What was the word that you told me at the coffee shop? We want to be very exclusive, right? No, inclusive. (laughs) (laughs) Inclusive. inclusive, We want to be very inclusive. And as we know, the way the government structure is designed is to fight to be pinned against each it's other it's very divisive yeah. and we and and you know it's common sense it, it, we all know it we all see the the division within our our country and we want to unite we want to do a show that's more uniting we want to yes. do a show that that gets rid of that that negative influence you know you hear it at thanksgiving dinners with family you hear it at at birthdays and we just don't need to always hear it. So here is a show, the Atlanta Confusion Show, where we're going to try to eliminate it and give you the topics, the topics that that really do matter. You know, we want to talk about just stuff that gives you enlightenment, informs you, educates you, entertains you. Yeah, yeah, and I would also like to pinpoint the stuff that doesn't, and the why, and then question like. Why do people? Why are we attracted? Why are some parts of our population attracted to things like politics? Right. Oh, well, definitely that'll be a. We'll incorporate that as a topic. But again, positive thinking, right? That's what we're going to be yeah. about. All right. So uh, my name is Mike Rhodes and Danny Danella. How are you? We are your hosts for the Atlanta Confusion Show, and we want to say thank you for joining us in this episode. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it.